By embracing their natural strengths, women advisors are upending the status quo and challenging the financial industry with a more authentic approach to doing business. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, where we empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller-Heckman, the founder of Femex Advisor, inspires and empowers women to leverage their natural strengths, creating more energy, passion, and success. Follow along for female-driven, inspirational, and motivational strategies for you to create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Well, welcome everybody to today's Femex Advisor podcast. I'm Adri Miller-Heckman, founder of FemexAdvisor.com, where women advisors fearlessly embrace their authentic self. My guest today, well, we go way back. (laughs) She and I worked together at Women & Company, a division of Citigroup, and we were charged with the role or the responsibility of training all the advisors across the United States on how to engage women better. We were a little bit before our time, but needless to say, we had our work cut out for us then. Allison Jeffries is a success coach for women living in the shadow of divorce. She's also the author of A Woman's Guide to to Surviving Divorce. Allison, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Adri. It's exciting to be here. So, So when I met you and we started working at Citi, you were in the mortgage industry. prior to that. So how did you get here? (laughs) Life happens. I I had an amazing run of 30 years in the corporate world. Um, When I left Citigroup, I went to Wells Fargo, worked there in the mortgage company. And about five, six years ago, I had an opportunity to take some time off. And my husband strongly encouraged me to do that because I had worked myself into a hole. And in the process of that, built my house, took care of my elderly mom. And when I came back from that, life happens. So what do you mean? Let let me stop you there. What do you mean you had worked yourself into a hole? I did the typical woman thing. I thought that I had to not only love my job, but give it my heart and my soul. Mm -hmm. And that it was who I was. How I introduced myself was based on my job. We identify with our job, right? Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that life was more than just that job and that I wanted to do something more fulfilling. And because I had the life circumstances that I did when, you know, I went to go back to work, what little did I know when you're over 50 and you haven't worked for two years, the algorithm, you don't even get to the recruiters to go back to the work world. And at first I was devastated and just frustrated and freaked out. What was I going to do? This is who I was. And then I realized I'd been living as two people for so long. I was the person I was at home and I was the person I was in the corporate world. And it was just time to be me. And so here, this, this tragedy, you can't get a job. You were burnt out. You take some time off to take care of yourself. You try to go back. And now who are you? And nobody wants you. Mm-mm. Oh, horrors. <laughs> it, you know, for, for a, a brief, you know, a hot minute, I was yeah. devastated. I was demoralized. I was broken. 
And then I went, wait a minute, I'm more than that. And I've never failed at anything. So I'll just reinvent. And I sat down and just started saying, what is it that my heart wants to do? Mm. And I loved what we did at Women and Company, encouraging women, helping them see that they could take control of their futures. And that's when I remembered that I had written my book in the, in the aftermath of my second divorce while I was working at Women and Company and recalled an FA giving me a book one time, A Girl Needs Cash by Joan Perry, and how it was such a great book for women to validate how they felt and encourage them. And it dawned on me, you know, if what do I want to be? And I loved going out and educating and motivating and, and doing all of that as, as a speaker. And I said, my book is my material. So I mm. pulled it out off my computer and it was my musings as I was going through all of that and realized it really was important to give women a book that validates who they are and how they feel and what they experience when they go through divorce. You know, we had some company over last night and one of the women, she's in the corporate world. She's doing it all. She's obviously much younger than I. And I'm sitting there listening to her and I want to push her forward 20 years. Yes. Yes. Right? Uh, you know, and I've always felt that when we, at least in our generation, we turn 50 and things start to change. Our bodies change, which affects how we see ourselves, how others see us. And we start to say, and I don't want to say this, but you know what? I'm effing tired of taking care of everybody else. It's time I did something for me. But we don't know what that is yet. Correct. Right? Mm -hmm. And do you think we could do that? We could make those shifts without going into a deep hole or without not getting hired, without a crisis? Yes and no. Our age bracket, hell no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> the programming is way too strong. It's just way too strong. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of knowledge and wisdom that, you know, our grandmother's generation, it was passed down from woman to woman from mother to daughter, from aunt to niece, from wise woman in the village to the young women in the village that talked about who we are as women. And there's this code that we live by. And my clients come from all over the world. I've worked with women from India in arranged marriages. I've worked from, with women from Russia, South Africa, Nigeria. And what I've learned is that there is this common thought process that we as women experience as women. And the problem is we went into the work world in our early 20s. We went to college and then we oh. went to the work world and we had to acclimate to the work world, which yeah. is a male dominant styled industry. Now there's some wonderful things about it, like making a decision from the male framework, which is fast, hot and cheap and is wonderful versus coming home and asking, what are we having for dinner and melting down because I've just hit <laughs> the female version of decision-making and it's, you know, take a slinky, stretch it out 85 feet and you got the, the process down. I know stuff. I watch the history channel, but it's that dichotomy of working in that corporate world where if our generation now that we're beginning to get to that point where we're realizing we've lost ourselves along yeah. the way. And how do I find me? 
how do I dig out from under all the clutter to get to that girl that at 19, the world was her oyster and everything was ahead of her and get that chutzpah back. And how do I become one person again? Because we, we become mom, wife, employee, you know, room mother at the school. And we have all these different personalities for each one. How do we become just one integrated person again? If we learn it, we can teach it to the young women today. And that's how it gets fixed is by reigniting that knowledge. So I'm listening to you. And what I'm hearing is, you know, and I remember being super mom and I could do everything. And I became a warrior, right? (laughs) Because I've got all these female responsibilities, but I'm in a male dominated industry. We're not here to bash the male-dominated industry. It is what it is, and it works for the men, Mm -hmm. right? But it didn't necessarily work for us. But both you and I needed to get to a place where we had no option, but we had to leave the corporate world, right? I was at City Women & Company. The environment for me, it was a micromanaging environment it became so toxic that I was getting sick. Mm-hmm. And I went on disability for a while and I'm thinking, this isn't worth it. And I had worked so many years that I had enough retirement assets. And by God, if I needed to pull those assets out, mm-hmm. I would. And so I quit and people say, well, what, what do you want to do? I have no idea, but I knew I needed some downtime. I knew it. And on the heels of that, four months later, I started my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. And it was perfect for me. Mm -hmm. But we, I I just think that first statement you said, I worked myself into a hole. Mm -hmm. Into a hole. And what happened to you what happened to me is that's pretty scary quitting quitting what you know leaving your identity right saying i don't know what i'm going to do but i can't do this mm-hmm. that is being fearlessly authentic recognizing this is killing me this mm-hmm. is not where i want to be but being fearless enough to trust ourselves to walk away, Mm -hmm. to walk away. That's huge. So let me ask you this. You work, a lot of your work now is with women who are, as you say, living in the shadow of divorce. As a financial advisor, every financial advisor is going to attract some women going through divorce. Mm -hmm. What, other than managing their assets, take the financial side out, what do we need to do to serve them better? You know, the first thing is is to understand that uh, a friend of mine read an article that said the average person takes two years to decide if they're going to file for divorce. Two Mm -hmm. years. Now, 
If that's the average person, I'm telling you the average man takes six months and the average woman takes over five years. Okay. (laughs) The numbers just work that way. Whenever I ask someone, I've talked to women who've waited 20 years. Okay. It takes us much longer to get to that point. So it's the understanding of just know that any woman in your book of business could be in that process of thinking, of trying to decide. And the other thing is, you know, one of the questions I always ask is one of those woman things. Why do we stop and ask for directions? Because we do. We pull off a perfectly good road, even though we have GPS, we have a phone, we have everything. Run into a store where someone we don't even know, and we ask them two questions. Am I on the right road? And if I keep heading the direction I'm going, will I get where I need to be? That is not directions. That's validation. Ooh, say that again. Go there. That is validation. I mean, come on. We don't even go to the ladies' room without taking someone to tell us if our lips color is the right color. We <laughs> validate everything. It's part of who we are. Yeah. Our community, our sen- we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have a source to validate from, we pull off the road and stop. Hence that waiting 20 years. Because who do you talk to? You know, and the second thing is we validate because we have this fear of being judged, being judged and found lacking. Why do we become superwoman? Why do we become a warrior woman where we battle all day at work and we come home and we're the perfect mother? And yes, I cooked home baked cookies for my kids at school, even though I worked full time. If it meant I had to stay up at two in the morning, I was going to be a good mother. We do overcompensate for all of these things, for that fear of being judged because we're judging ourselves inside because we're living a life that is not aligned with what's in our heart Mm. as a woman. And when we're not in alignment, we're fighting against ourselves. Okay. So I want to go back to this validation because this is really important. Sometimes, and what I hear you saying, sometimes you get a referral of a woman who is going through divorce. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I validate her without stepping on her toes or hurting her feel. How do I validate what she's going through? The first thing you have to realize is she's not going to share with you until she knows she's safe. Okay. So it's let her know in a non-judgmental way that you know it's rough and you know that she's going through a lot and that you're not there to judge her. You're not there to tell her what to do. You're there to help her make decisions that serve her. So, so many women I've coached, they have gone through divorce. Mm -hmm. So if you've gone through divorce, sharing that would be powerful. If you haven't gone through divorce, you probably know someone close to you that has gone through it. Mm -hmm. And so... Wouldn't that help to validate? Yes, yes. It's it's letting them know because they don't know you well enough to come to you and say, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. You need to let them know you know they're struggling. You know that their world is falling apart and that your job is to help them keep this piece of it, this very critical piece, because that's their security. 
That's the first thing every woman worries about is, oh my God, am I going to become a bag lady? Am I going to have to go live in my car? I'm going to lose my house. And then the next question they think to themselves is, oh, is anyone ever going to love me again? Well, if I'm a bag lady, obviously not. (laughs) Double whammy. So it's, it's understanding the thoughts in their head are not rational, but they are at that time. Yeah. And, and every woman at some point or another goes, well, you know, I was thinking this, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. You're getting divorced. You're not okay. any crazier than any other woman getting divorced. So what are, um, and, and before I go down this path, I want to say what was fascinating and I keep thinking about is you, is, is how many women that may be in our book of business are considering divorce. Mm-hmm. are considering divorce. And wouldn't you say that the timeline, if more women were financially empowered, and I'm not saying they need to have their own money, but if they understood what they had, what their investments can do for them, that would make a major impact on their ability to do what they need to do sooner. Yes. And, and I have a, a group coaching call that I do. And it was amazing. One night I asked all the women on the call, some of which you filed and some of which whose husbands filed. If there was any one thing you could tell yourself before all this started to do differently, what would it be? And each and every one of them said, I wish I had done this sooner. Wow. Because they realized that if after a certain point, you're treading water. Yeah. And you may be really partially lose, drowning. You, yeah, you lose yourself. You really lose yourself. And, mm-hmm. and I've been there. Mm-hmm. My first marriage, you know, and then I lost myself. I, there are periods of time that I don't even remember. My kids have to tell me things, mm-hmm. and I can't remember because you're toast. Mm-hmm. You're toast. You're getting hit at work. You're being bullied at work. You're being bullied at home. And and if you're not, even if he's a wonderful man, he's not the right man for you. And now you're bullying yourself inside because why can't you love this wonderful person? So if a woman comes in to sit down and she's referred to me and she's going through a divorce, if you had to give the advisors three questions to ask these women. Mm -hmm to start the conversation and to ask, what would they be? The first thing I'd I'd ask is, are you afraid financially? And if you are, what can I help you with to make you comfortable that you're going to be okay? So would you use a closed-end question or would you do it open-end? Because she may be too frazzled for an open-ended question. Like, what is what do you fear the most? And unfortunately, you know, what do you fear the most is probably too big a question for a woman in the middle of divorce. Yeah. Because the list is, it's a long list. You can, it's long. You fear everything. You fear everyone and everything. You know, from your mother to your brother, to your kids, to your school, kids, school teachers, you fear everyone's judgment. You fear failure. You fear going bankrupt, you know, or being a bag lady. You fear never being loved again. You feel unworthy and unvaluable. Mm. So that's too big a question. Yes, I was wondering. 
when they come to you, the most important thing, because the two big fears of, will I ever be loved again? You got to learn to love yourself before you can believe someone else can love you. Okay. That's important. And we, when you're at that point, you don't feel very lovable. That's the work that you're going to have to do on yourself emotionally. The other big fear is financial. Am I going to be able to take care of my kids? Am I going to be able to live? Am I going to have to live in my car? Am I going to start all over? I have to get an apartment. What am I going to have to do? And literally it'll come out that fast. I mean, it is like, bam, because this is the loop that's playing in their head. How am I going to do this? You know the answer to the question when you ask it. They need to validate that they're going to be okay financially and that they can rebuild from this. Mm. I love that. Now, and this is a lot in just a 30-minute podcast, but if I were a financial advisor and I really wanted to go down this path mm-hmm. and become known as potentially the leading advisor for women experiencing divorce, mm-hmm. right, or recovering from divorce, what would be some things that I could do that would get my message out there? Well, I mean, the, f- the first thing that comes to mind is, of course, get your CDFA, get the certification that says that, yes, you focus on divorce, mm-hmm. but that's just a certification. And it's like anything else. You have to put it in practice. Mm-hmm. You have to make that a focus. You don't get a designation and then people swarm to you. They're not, they don't care about your designation. They want to know if you can take care of them, if you can help them get where they need to be. Right. Um, there's an organization that I belong to, um, Divorce Transition Professionals. Say that again. Say that again. Divorce Transition Professionals. Okay. It's a national organization and it's designed around getting divorce transition, divorce professionals together to network, literally network. This is about bring your business cards. This is about refer business to each other. This Mm. is about having a resource to call in any aspect of the divorce arena in your area. It's a growing organization and they're looking to start chapters in, they're strong in uh, California and they've got sporadic chapters across the country. They're looking to start chapters. That's something you could look at getting involved with. Mm. I found them there. They were at the time only in California. I'm in Texas, but I needed resources. Mm -hmm. I needed someone I could pick up the phone and call if I needed a private detective or, you know, a forensic accountant. And they provide that network. That's really Um, interesting because you do, you know, when you go through a divorce, you feel so alone, mm -hmm. right? Even your friends are uncomfortable. They don't know how to deal with that. And you don't know who to turn to. Mm -hmm. You don't know who to turn to. So I love that. And I was also thinking, you don't necessarily have to market yourself as a divorce specialist. I know that the CDFA allows you to be involved in the divorce process, which I'm not necessarily recommending. I'm not recommending that an advisor does that because they have to wait many years and do the kind of the forensic, right? Part of the divorce versus using the CDFA to just show their commitment Mm -hmm. to helping women through divorce. And that's what women need is that commitment is knowing that you're helping your client and you understand and being a part of a group like that 
that, you know, you're meeting regularly with other people, sharing stories, learning from other professionals in the arena to know what's going on. It's not that you have to guide them through every step of it, but at least understand what's happening. Yeah. What's going on out there. And there's so many shifts in the divorce arena from, you know, the issues with joint custody and children that, you know, and then child support and the ramifications on child support, community property, and that now you've got the gray divorce trend as well. If you've got a woman in your client base that's over 50, I mean, you you put them in the category of possible, possible so, divorce. That so is skyrocketing. Yes, it is, especially after COVID. Mm-hmm. The numbers have increased dramatically. Because we had to stay home with them. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) So how can financial advisors, are you ever a go-between? Like if I have a woman who's going through divorce and it's more than I can handle emotionally, is is what you do kind of a go-between? Would I refer my clients to you? Yes. What do you do? I, I, I do a presentation within the DTP organization describing divorce coaching, and I call it jack of all trades, master of some. Okay. We are the one that helps the client through the emotional meltdowns and the traumas and gets them pointed back in the right direction. But our main function for someone that's going through a divorce as a divorce coach is to make sure that they're prepared to meet with an attorney to make sure that they're prepared to meet with their financial advisor, to get them comfortable that it's time. You've got to call. you got to have this conversation. You need to find out. And so we do help that person prepare for the tough conversations for them and, and make them understand that everybody has a job in all of this and that each person has a particular job that's going to make their journey easier and more successful. Mm. If they work with them, but they can't close out, you know, if I, if I feel like they're not talking to their financial advisor, I'm going to say, why haven't you pick up the phone, make that call. Do I need to get on the phone with you? I'll do it. I've sat through mediations with clients. I've sat on the call with the attorneys. I've sat on the call with the financial advisors to hold them accountable to asking the questions they needed to ask. So, you know what I would do if I were in the a financial advisor again, And if I were working with centers of influence, attorneys, et cetera, and marketing myself as really an empowering advisor for women going through or in the the shadow of divorce, right? Mm -hmm. I think I would hire you and make that a client gift for two or three sessions because you would then communicate with me and with them. Secondly, it would encourage them to continue on working with you, which would make my job better. And then you've got this communication. I think that would be a win-win-win. And and I think that when it's about the team, you know, it's about the team that the woman builds that gets her through all of this. And the problem is most women don't build that team. They only build it when it's absolutely required. Mm. They can think about all this all day long. And when I say, have you hired an attorney? I don't want to do that. (laughs) 
Have you talked to your financial advisor? I don't want to do that. Because half the time that financial advisor is joint with their spouse. Mm. You know, what do you do then? Okay, you need to find another financial advisor. How many times have I called you and said, hey, I've got a woman in XYZ area and I need to find a good FA to help her because she needs a new one. Yeah. She needs her own. She needs her own. I love that. Well, if any of the advisors listening to this or women going through divorce, if they wanted to reach out to you, Allison, how would they reach you? The best place to find me is on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn all half the day. I love LinkedIn. There's some great stuff to learn there. Um, Also, I have my website. It's www.isurvived.info. They can go there and there's a contact me page. Um, I survived dot info. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's Allison Jeffries on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And, what, and what one piece of advice would you give the listeners if you could only give one based on your world and what you know? If you're considering divorce, that in itself is not a bad thing. The one piece of advice I would give is that even though my book is about surviving divorce, I wrote it in such a way that if you're in the contemplation phase, there's a lot of good stuff in there about what you're going to do to rebuild yourself. And guess what? It doesn't matter whether you choose to stay and fix your marriage or you choose to leave. It's the same work. Yeah. Work on yourself first. Mm. Know who you are and what you want. The worst thing you can do is go into a divorce, not even knowing what you want. How do you fight for yourself when you don't know what you want or what you need? So it's about looking at the fact that just thinking about divorce may be the best thing that ever happened to you because it forces you to find yourself first, hopefully. Hopefully. Yep. And I think all of that advice also pertains to ways that you can encourage your clients right? Mm -hmm. Really acknowledging that there's a financial side and a personal side to this experience. And for women, we don't separate. Everything weaves together. Mm -hmm. Try and just deal with the financials without the emotions and the personal, you're going to go down the wrong path. So Allison, you're a rock star. Love what you're doing. You are the best of the best. For those of you that are listening to this podcast, if you love it, share it and join us. Make sure you binge all our podcasts. And if you want to learn more, go to femexadvisor.com. Thank you all. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor podcast with Adri Miller-Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.